It's the Anthology Special! Welcome to your weekly dose of horror news and fun. This is episode 19 of Terrorvision Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Dan McGuinness, and joining me as always is my co-host, Jennifer the Dream Warrior Strand. Together, we are two people with a love of horror and feel the burn of our obsolete blockbuster memberships. You can catch us weekly on all major podcasting services and on the YouTube. Jennifer, how's your week been, eh? The YouTube. My week's been pretty good. I'm still playing Tony Hawk. I was a little bit sick because everything I eat is a gamble, so I got pretty sick. Uh, And I went to the dentist today, and now I'm going to be, like, forking out a bunch of money for the next couple of weeks. Don't you have dentist cover? I do, but apparently it's not great dentist cover. Oh, well, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's okay. That's okay. My teeth aren't falling out, so we're all good. When you say you're sick, you have to have a jippy tummy all the time, don't you? Yeah, I, I'm kind of a bit like you, so I'm like really not meant to eat so many things. It's it's a huge list, and I'm still trying to like add to that as to what I can and can, cannot eat. So every day's a gamble. Yeah, right. I um I take like probiot probiotics every morning, and they helped mm. heat because I used to get IBS. Um, IBS oh, yeah. is that what it's called? It's all about yes, uh, yeah. It is. And um, it went away, and then I stopped them recently to see if it was all bullshit, and it came straight back. So I was just like, well, that's a good yeah. test. So you might want to like lock into them for a while, and it might make you feel a bit better. Because apparently yeah. they've done tests on heaps of that probiotic crap is bullshit, but like the for IBS, it's the one thing it works on. Anyhow, what have I been anyway. doing? Anyway, yeah. Um, I remade Hack the Dino from the ground up this week. I decided I, I was heaps busy, so I decided to bring on a, another project. And make myself even busier, and I rebuilt the whole show, all the scenes, all the looks, all the how it works, everything. Just did it from scratch, and we did it live. We concentrate now on Twitch and Patreon. Mm-hmm. Fuck YouTube, yep. like because YouTube's too yep. hard to work out. We had a really good Patreon following, so we're like, let's give that a hundred percent. So now, like you know, our Patreons are their names are scrolled across the bottom of the screen. They're constantly, you know, like it's all this instant gratification and like we, we push that as much as we can and it's worked really well. The show's completely live. We we chat with the chat now and stuff like that and we play games live now as well, like in the show. Oh, so when we review them, so that one of us is playing it while the other one's reviewing it kind of thing. So, yeah, we're doing yeah. that. Check it out if you That's like video great. games. Hmm. Hmm. Well, but, do it. Yeah. All right, let's move straight into our homework section. So every week, Jennifer and I set ourselves three horror movies to watch, and then we review them together the following week. But change in plan because I have uh, a baby and a job and everything, and I'm I'm losing time all the time. We're we're going to cut it down to two movies we watch a week. Uh, this shouldn't yeah. affect the show very much. We'll probably just talk a bit yeah. more about news and stuff like that, but it should be fine. But, yeah, we're knocking it down yeah. to two. Um, I've already chosen my two for this week, and we rate them on our awesome, the Terrorvision rating system, which I'm going to quickly go through now. So starting from the best rating, which is A, A for awesome, a movie that everyone should watch. B is a beer and chicken wings movie, like group movie where you hang out with your, your, your do bros. Um, <laughs> F is a fun and dumb film, you know, the ones that it is. Good and fun, but they're probably not going to win any, uh, you know, quality awards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a C is a classic that's worth a watch, and a G is it was good for its time, but it hasn't held up now. Uh, a J is a Gen special, meaning you know a pure Gen movie, and a D is a Dan special, which is um, a pure me movie. Uh, a W is the whatever, like <laughs> boring shit. 
And then S is, oh, actually, S is actually shit, avoid. And then the double F is the fucking fucked reward. <laughs> like the, the no movie that should ever have gotten made. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. God. Like um, Texas um, Chainsaw Next Generation. Oh, my God. It's very true. So I would like to begin by apologizing to Dan because I thought, hey, I like to have a theme to everything I pick and I chose anthology movies. And do you know how hard it is to watch three anthology movies? Pretty fucking hard. It is because <laughs> anthology movies are so long. Like All of these movies oh, were over long. two hours long. Yeah. And you're just watching them, watching And then you realize you have to make notes about every tiny movie within itself. And it's just like, oh, my God, this is like doing like, we have theoretically watched 15 movies this week nearly. Yeah. And I'm tired. I'm tired and just, there's a lot to say and not a lot to say at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I was like lucky to even get through this stuff. I was like having to set aside time and not do other stuff to get through these films. So that's another yeah. reason why we kind of toned it down to two films. It's more, it's, you know, and we can just get deeper into those films. We don't have to rush it's along true. and we can talk up a storm. So, oh, anthology yeah. special, get ready, guys and girls, because this is going to be one hell of a talk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, first film that we watched was Creep Show from 1982. Director George A. Romero. Screenplay by Stephen King. <laughs> Screenplay? Really? Um, yeah. yeah, do you want to read the synopsis, Jen? The tagline Let's first. So, so, I think we should announce the most fun. Oh, wait, so, you should say, this is the tagline. And then say the synopsis, because yep. I, I reckon we should just do it. Because okay. I love a tagline. Yeah. Uh, so the most fun you'll ever have, being scared. Uh, <laughs> inspired, inspired by the EC comics of the 1950s, George A. Romero and Stephen King bring five tales of terror to the screen. Oh, five tales of terror. Terror is a, a pretty loose word for these films. <laughs> it is. Uh, five tales of camp glorious uh, satire and ridiculousness. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, terror, no. <laughs> Creepshow 2 has like one of my, I, which is weird because I'm about to rag on anthology a bit, but like Creepshow 2 has one of my favorite shorts, which is The Raft. If you guys, mm. yeah, I love that one. Um, but yeah. yeah, so the first one. So obviously all these anthologies have a an overarching story which links all their stories together, if you know what I mean, where Creepshow uses it as like a kid with a comic book and it kind of flicks through the comic book and it's like the, the stories he was reading. They all have that, mm -hmm. that theme, these anthology films, of like an overarching story. Actually, did did they all have that? They did, yes. Yeah, um, cool. So with, with this one, it was a young boy who's reading his horror comics and his dad, played by a moustacheless uh, Tom Atkins. Yeah, um, wrong. No, I didn't like that. Didn't like that. No, no, thank you. Um, so he doesn't agree that his kid should be watching, uh, reading comic books, uh, smacks him around a little bit and throws it in the trash. Yeah, he's um, a big bad dad, like... He's a bit of, he's a piece of shit, yeah. Seeing Tom Atkins as a bad a bad guy, I didn't like that, eh? Yeah, I like him no. because I know he's such a nice dude. Like, it just didn't work for me. Yeah, he's, he's Grandpa Atkins. Like, no. No Tom Atkins. Yeah. Um, also, Stephen, it was Stephen King's kid, too, so. Oh, was it? That was yes, Joe was. Hill? Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, that's his pen yeah. name that he uses to make draw his yeah. comic books. I mean, write his comic books. Hey, um, yeah. I like... Straight away, the creep show one being the oldest one that we watched had yeah. the most amount of style and ooze to it. A eh? like it had 
all the uh, cause, because the theme was the comic. It had all that like kind of comic paneling. You know, it did that in every in every. Comic. I loved that. Yes, yeah, like, so the comic paneling, the animation. Yeah, yeah, it had like so every story had at least one time when it split into split screens with a, a comic gutter down the middle, as if you're it was running through the comic, or it would put like a vignette of like drawn vignette around bits and pieces, and they heavily yeah. used red and pink, was it? Or uh, yeah, as... the red and blues is like so bright. Yeah, red, blues, and it's whenever pink. the horror happens, so they they just basically yeah. had. A red light shining in from one side and a blue light shining in from the other. No explanation. It didn't matter. And I think that was them trying to create a more comic vibe to it, as in, you know, the comic colouring. Yeah. And straight away, that, like, yeah. stood this one out straight, you know, as in over the rest. I was just like, that's such yeah. a cool vibe. I haven't even seen that done, like, in any film for, a, like, at all kind of thing. No, I mean, it's not the best no, idea and it wouldn't be- work all the time, but it really worked for this, do you think? It did. I think it did. Um, the stories as well, I think, compared to the other two that we've watched, I think this one probably had an overall more enjoyable set of stories. I don't know how you, whether well, or not you agree with that. All anthologies, there's some I don't like. It's true. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just like, yeah, a lot of them I would just be like, whatever. So let's get into them because there's a lot of these we have to get yeah. through. Um, yes, so sir. number one, the story was called Father's Day. Um, what one was yeah. this? <laughs> I get confused straight away. <laughs> that, that's how many. That's how many we've watched this week. Okay, so Father's Day, they're they're sitting around this, this wealthy family and they're talking about their their great aunt who oh, yep. is on her way for Father's Day. Um, she's a bit of a lush too. I think she's great. And um, the the idea they're telling the story about how she was left to look after the father um, as he was starting to grow old, and it was on Father's Day, and it's just him like. Where's my cake? Where's my cake? It's father's. Where's my cake? And she ends up murdering him. And so she comes back to the house every year on Father's Day. And I think she has this cathartic kind of drunken stupor. And she talks at the gravestone and tries to make herself feel a bit better. Yeah, basically just abuses the corpse. Yeah, but this time something happens. We're not going to, like, pussyfoot around this. He just comes back. (laughs) Like... And you know what? Like so many of these creep show ones are just the person coming back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it even it happened is. in Creep Show Two with the hitchhiker. Do you remember that one? Thanks for the ride, yeah. lady. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, and they all have like a, a catchphrase. Like he had like, "Where's my cake?" <laughs> Where's my cake? <laughs> the cake yep. is a lie. Um, <laughs> and the same with like the uh, there was the other one where the people got drowned. They had their line when they came back as well. So it's basically creep shows just about people coming back, kind of. Yes. Some of them. Yeah. I actually thought this one was really weak. I'd completely forgotten about it because I thought the characters were like there's so much in this one. There was so much exposition on the the family, and it didn't matter. You know what I mean? No. They weren't even None really. Of this in it at all it has this the first half of it is a massive conversation between these aristocratic families and and a new person coming into it and it just had no relevance to the story in the end it was just it could have started with her being drunk talking to the grave yes it could have um instead ed harris has a terrible terrible dance scene and just like falls into the grave and sits there and watches as one of the gravestones just very 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 slowly falls on him it, it didn't just slowly. It was like it was 
<laughs> him in the grave laying there yelling, going, oh, no. And then it would show the grave slowly just move a tiny bit. And then him again going, uh-oh. <laughs> he had, like, so much time to get out of the way. But no, I think that was fine. Like, I like to think that, so Tom Savini, so it should be noted that Tom Savini had his hands all over the effects and whatever for this film. Um, So all the practical effects from the old man crawling out of the grave kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Return of the Living Dead with Tar Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, Tarman. So Tarman is like one of he's known as one of the greatest looking zombies of all time. Like it, it's flawless. 100%. He is iconic, absolutely iconic. Um, but yeah, so he had this kind of vibe to him, and he's he's crawling out, and just the the raspy voice of Where's my cake? And um, <laughs> Where's my you cake? Know, <laughs> Where's my cake? And stumbling into the house, and the scene where he just like snaps her neck back, it like alone for like nineteen eighty two. That was incredible. Yeah, yeah, that was a good, yeah, good. Is, around. Did this glorious. one have Savini in it as well? He was the garbage man. Yes. Correct. Yes, he was. He was the garbage man. He was in the overarching. He was in the the uh, the over. What are they called? Like over stories or whatever. Uh, they're more, they're the wraparound. I think is that what they're called? Wraparounds. The, yeah, the wraparound. Yeah. Yeah. They all have their own sort of, they play their little part. So, um, yeah. I agree this one probably was one of the weak, actually probably was the weakest one. Yeah. And yeah, we have to move on. There's so many we more. We do. There's so many. So the second one's called Meteor or it's actually called <laughs> The Lonesome Death of Geordie Varel. Yeah. In some places. Um yes. Straight away, a media fl- comes down, lands. And a redneck goes up to it, played by none other than Stephen King. Oh, Stephen. Who should not act. Yeah, he does. Actually, I enjoyed this one. Hey, this was the shortest one. Yeah, uh, he, uh, he was very endearing and he was playing it up like a, a big, big old redneck, uh, like Looney Tunes character almost. Yeah, he was very animated oh. and he was like, hey, yeah. and like the media comes down, it splits open and he uh, gets like this liquid on him, which he calls media shit. Ah, meteor shit. Meteor shit. Like he's, <laughs> he, you know, he's got like, his name's Jordy Varel. He's got yeah. overalls on. He's got like the fucking buck tooth and shit. And he's like, yeah, he's he's gone full redneck. Um, yeah. Gets his media stuff on his fingers. He has delusions of grandeur. He keeps imagining himself, you know, coming in with the meteor, you know, getting money for it in his little bucket and stuff like that. And yeah. So he takes the media in, but what, unbeknownst to him, is the media is a plant-based media with a, a meteor with a fast-growing alien spores on it. Yeah. And um, so he starts, to, you know, little like shoots come out of his fingers, and also where the media's landed, like it, plant life starts growing out from that at a rapid rate. Which I kind of yeah. liked all this, the look of this one. It was one. very pretty. I really liked that one as well. I'm like, yeah, I'm down for this yeah, one. Like with, this with the green light. Everywhere. With the yeah, the yeah. plants they slowly putting it more and more over everything, and the lighting that they use. I think they obviously a lot of green. They're very hand with their. As I said, they wanted to do the comic look, so they were fine with like just making unrealistic lighting, which I think gave this film a real standout look. Like yeah, I, I can't argue with it. Like none of the other films had anything like that, but yeah. And then yeah. the plants obviously take over. Go, you know, start growing over him, start growing over his house. Yeah. He kind of passes out and then wakes up and he's total plant plant man. 
And yeah. then he just grabs a shotgun and commits suicide. The end. To be sure. Yes. Uh, that one, I, yeah, I found that there was absolutely no way around that. That I think that was probably the only way they could have ended the story. Yeah. And then, of course, it's like, it goes, it cuts to the, the news and weather where they're like, oh, it's going to be a rainy one, which is going to make everything as green as everything. Um, yeah, and, you know, the world's over. Right. Yeah, because of course, like he jumps in the bath and covers himself in blue, obviously water. Oh yeah, 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 and that uh, increases it. it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot so, about that bit. But yeah, the, well, that, that one was the only one to me had a bit of doom to it. You know what I mean? I was actually like, oh shit, I'm a bit worried about. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way yeah. out of this. Oh, I feel a bit sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, everything else is a little bit more like well, that's everything's just wrapped up in a neat little package, um, except for that one. Yeah, and the next one so, was. Some, something to tide you over, and tide as in, you know, the tide. Um, so this is where they got, their, they got their big guns out. They get Ted Danson mm. and Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> now, Leslie Nielsen has always been old. Like, we were watching this. So this was 1982, and, of course, most people would remember him from, you know, Dracula Dead and Loving It and the Naked, guns. Uh, Naked Gun movie. And, yeah. But that's, like, is that late 80s, early 90s or mid 90s? Mm, like your guns were 90s, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I think they were. I couldn't tell you. Um, But, you know, even we were watching it and Liz just turns to me, she's like, has he always been old? I'm like, yeah, even I, when he was in Forbidden Planet, he was old. I just think he's got white hair and that just makes him look old forever. Now he's really old. Yeah, I think he's dead, but yes. So this one is like weird. I found this one like not horror. This was just torture porn. This was a, a big old thrillery kind of one. So um, Leslie Nielsen rocks up at Ted Danson's house and is basically just having a, just being a bit weird and you don't really know why they're there. And he's like, well, I've got your wife. I'm, I'm sorry, what? He's like, yes, you've, he's, he's, I've got your wife. Um, you need to come with me. He drives her out to the, drives him out to the beach and basically like, oh, your wife, she's down there. But no, she's not. Now you got to dig your grave. Um, it wasn't which, a grave. Yeah, bury yourself well, up. It was bury yourself up to your up, neck. Up to your neck. Yeah, and then the, and then he did the same to the wife down the beach, and then he sets up a video record a, vi- a video camera so they can both watch each other die as the tide comes in, which yes. is pretty sickening. And then, of course, it was very Yeah, they die, and guess what happens? They come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh they, no! They have a line as well. What's their line? It's like. I don't know. It was very, very gargled. Yeah, it was like, like wait for the tide to come in or something like that. And then, of course, they somehow they bury him up to his head and do the same thing to him. So I guess what comes around goes around. He also makes yeah. VHSs. It implies that he's done this to, uh, you know, 100 people. He says killed people and then yeah. watched them die and then he rewatches it over again. So he's a pretty gross dude. He is a pretty gross dude. I kind of like this one as well. It had this little bit of psychedelic kind of vibe to it uh closer to the end where they're coming to get him um so i don't know if you noticed that they were sort of rolling in on the fog which means that they didn't come up on all of his video cameras yeah so he's just looking there and nothing's happening but they're in the house um also the way that they were speaking it it must have been recorded either underwater or them with like liquid in their mouth because it it sounded like they were drowning still yeah which i thought was it was a nice little little touch. And they were like zombies, but they were like bloated zombies. Like they'd been in water yeah. for, you know, like, you know, a couple of days and gone all bloated. And I was like, yeah, that looks sick. They had seaweed on yeah. them. Like, yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. I liked that one. 
Um, and then the next one was called The Crate, um, which is the only one I actually could remember from this beforehand. Uh, which yeah. basic well, fluffy. Oh my god! Now this had some long-winded like this was way <laughs> longer than it needed to be. This one, did you find that? It, I did. I found that this one dragged on so much, and it really didn't need to. No, but they might have been trying to like. There was nothing happening in it. For uh, it was like you know, there's all these different characters. You're getting their backstory, and the 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 whole vibe of it. It was just. There was a crate in a university under the stairs that they found when they broke this thing open, and it had like a big monkey man living in it, right? Who just must yes. have sat there. What did they say? Since like the seventies, like early seventies, from the thirties. Oh, thirties. Yeah. So he obviously yeah, so he was like supernatural ape that didn't have to eat people, but when as soon as they yeah. let him out, he starts attacking people, He's and then. Convoluted story of like this guy who goes and you know cleans, helps his other professor out, cleans it up, lures his wife in there because he doesn't like his wife and she gets eaten. Yeah. And it's just like, oh my god, like, well, see, I feel that he could have just at some point rather than like because obviously we knew we knew from the very beginning that he was going to, to feed this thing to his wife. Yeah. She was just horrible. Because they made she her was... so obviously like everyone hated her and she was so horrible. So you knew that from the start. The instant. Yeah. But there's this point afterwards. So not only does he go there and he cleans everything up, which he really didn't need to do, he. No. Like, chains the crate up, loads it into his car, takes it to a quarry, and dumps it in a quarry. And I'm like, why wouldn't you have just, like, chained, like, put the lock on it and then closed the little. The way well, you... There were lots of like, why didn't you? Why didn't they just call the police the first time it attacked mm. someone? Why didn't they do anything? But I, what I did like was the bite effects looked amazing in this when the monster bit them mm-hmm. and it ripped well. off their throats and shit. Like, you know, the monster attacks were wicked. Like, they just gone. Oh, yeah. So, like, if anything, they needed less story in this one and just some more monster attacks. Just had it that it was just a monster stalking people. It was fine. Pretty much. Yeah, there was because I found that there wasn't even a lot of because like they famously named this creature Fluffy, which I love. Um, but they didn't they, like I felt it should have been in it a little bit more. It's like the fact that he's like banging on a thing and he's like, "Oi, wake up, wake up!" And he doesn't even come from the crate; he's somewhere else and then attacks. Yeah, like why? So why went? Why did they assume he'd always go back to the crate? Yeah, there was there was a lot of questions and a lot of and I don't like asking questions through a movie that I'm watching. Why right. don't you do did this? You, did what you notice? Did you notice that there was a lot? There were no young actors in this at all. There's, yeah, there's heaps of old people, and then the last one involves a very old man, and it's but he's basically what was that famous person who went crazy, germaphobic, and like uh, Howard Hughes. Yeah, how, he basically Howard Hughes himself. Yeah, he buys like you know an apartment. It's all white. He you know he's yeah germophobia and this was my favorite one yeah there was so much effort put into this so it's about like you know bugs start you know he sees a cockroach and he's germ-free house and like as it goes on and on more and more bugs come out and they're all real bugs and there's a bit in it where there's so many bugs at one stage and i was just like this looks great like this this is the perfect one it was it was the right length it had a good story it made sense the acting wasn't bad except for that 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 dude, there was like the dude, like the guy that came to his house to fix, like the um, yeah, and he the had super. like the weird jive talk and stuff, and I was like, mm. 
And they make it they made a really racist remark there as well. Did you notice that? Yeah. They did. It's very 1982, so it's coming off a lot of shits happening. It's like, I think it was set in New York, so a lot of the rolling blackouts, and it was not a great time to be around in New York in the 80s, the late 70s, early 80s. Um, but, yeah, this this one hit hard for me because I lived in a house that had a roach problem because the people next door were hoarders. Ooh. So you... You'd walk into the kitchen in the middle of the night to grab a drink and you turn on the light and then, like, all of a sudden, you know, there's ten roaches that just disappear. And you're like, where the fuck did they go? Roaches? And you can you, you can bomb your house. You, I mean, I, I'm a pretty clean person. So you can bomb your house, but they'll die, but, but then they'll come in from the outside. Yeah, so this one was like, you know, he's he's running around. He's freaking the fuck out. He's running around. He's like, you know, trying. He he goes into this room, which is basically an airtight. Like, I'll see if you can get in here like now. Like a safe room, yeah, like a panic room. And they're all in there and just yeah, and they, like he they, ripped they, off the bed and they just engulf him. And I like, yeah. and how do you get that many cockroaches? They were all real. The bits where they're coming out the sinks and like the thing it was just. Millions, I suppose there are. It's probably easier to breed cockroaches. I have no idea. I've never tried. But, and then, like, you know, the whole room fills up because it's a glass room and that looks wicked. And the next day, you yeah. just see him there lying there and you're like, oh, maybe he was. Because they give you the idea that he might be hallucinating as well. Did you get that? Yeah, yeah. So there was a couple of things that were being sort of said here and there, and you're like, oh, maybe. Like, is it really happening? Fine. And then the next day, it just shows him there's no bugs, and then you're like, oh, he was hallucinating. And then suddenly, they burst out of him. And my word, did that look great. Oh. That looks great. I'd like to point out that this segment was the most expensive um, to film because every roach cost 50 cents. They spent $120,000 on cockroaches to film this segment. Oh, my God, I love that. I didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, this film, that, this film's budget was $8 mil and it made yep. $21 million, which is a massive win. That's all, if you double yeah. your money, I always find that a massive win. I don't know what constitutes as a massive win for a box office you know what i mean like, i don't know what if, yeah, if, they, if they'd be happy with that but i i'd be happy with that i mean if you're, you you make a film for eight million and then it makes 21 million, you can make two more films after that that seems like true. a win but do you do you, like this film also has like such a high cult status like everyone still talks about it now references it now where all these other films that have come and gone that might have the same kind of effect they're nowhere to be seen and nowhere to be discussed. Like, but this film is a staple. Mm. I like that. And then, did it, you uh, notice as well that the Creep Show opening title theme was very similar to Night of the Creeps opening scene? I didn't notice that. Yeah. Didn't, nah. Um, and then it ends obviously with the kid. He um, Tom Savini leaves the garbage man. The, the dad's throwing out the comic, and like Tom Savini finds that he plays the garbage man. He's like, oh look. Oh look! Someone sent away for this voodoo doll like already, and the, you know the, the cutaway, you know, in the old comics where you cut it and send out for them, like, and then it just shows yep. the kid voodoo dolling his dad, which I thought was a bit mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the dad kind of beat him up a little bit just for reading a comic book. That is so true. His dad was like a complete fuck. Fucking nose. deserved it. <laughs> He really was. Did you notice, though, that there was a reoccurring theme throughout the whole film was the little cigarette ashtray that the lady used in Father's Day to beat her dad to death uh, was uh, in every single segment. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, man, they wear Zwally to me and I didn't even notice. <laughs> little Easter egg for you. There was a couple of points where I'm like, oh, oh, 
Ah, I like that. Oh, yeah, cool. nice. Good one. Good little I, thing. I didn't catch yeah. that. I did watch my uh, because I was uh, lacking in time this week. I didn't watch anything all the way through. And like yeah. you have that advantage with an anthology that you can just watch a couple of them at a time and then go do some work and stuff. What did you give it, Jen? Uh, I gave this a C. It's a classic that everyone should watch. Um, yeah, I think it it might not stand up to some other films now in regards to storytelling and. But fuck it, it this this no, is great. Everyone, I reckon it's wicked. Like it. just uh, yeah. alone. I the, the creativity of like the lighting in the comics is enough. I yeah. also gave it a C. Damn right. Damn right. Movie of the week, I reckon. But Indeed. We haven't, we haven't talked about the others. Who knows? Nah. All right, what's next? Okay. What's the next one? Tales uh, from the Tales. Dark Side. The movie. Uh, yeah. Not to be confused mm. with Tales of the Dark Side, the TV show. <laughs> Correct. Which I can't. Yes ever remember watching i remember it being there but like if you ask me any of the stories i couldn't i couldn't remember can you remember yeah. no i can't remember i every time i think of it I, i'm trying to think i think of gary larson did like a tales from the dark side um but and that was animated but completely different so that's what where my mind goes yeah this is from 1990 Screenplay, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of people. Romero, Stephen King, kind of the same as it's. It's kind of like I think they were trying to go for a, a modern creep show. When I say modern, yeah. this is like how many years later is this from Creep Show One? So when was Creep Show? That was nineteen eighty-two. So you're looking like yeah. eight years later, kind of thing. Yeah, they were trying to rejuvenate. Yeah. You know, they got a bit of cool stuff happening, and they were, they were trying to bring it up. This one was like, I mean, they didn't put hardly as much money into this one as the first one. They only put $3.5 mil into this and it only made back 16.3, which is still heaps more. Yeah, it's still quite a lot of money. And I, I, I put a lot of that down to the the draw card, which is the cast. Like yeah. Debbie Harrington in it, Christian Slater, Steve Buscemi, Julianne Moore. You, all these people who are like super big name people nowadays as well. Like, but were they yeah. at the time? And I mean, Christian Slater was definitely up there. The and yeah. Then, yeah. So the opening of this one, the the what do you call it? The wraparound story. Yes. Well, first synopsis, tagline, and synopsis. Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> from from the depth of four twisted minds, the first segment features an animated mummy stalking select student victims. The second tale tells the story of a cat from hell who cannot be killed and leaves a trail of victims behind it. The third story is about a man who witnesses a bizarre killing and promises to never tell what he saw. And the in-between bit is the story of a woman preparing to cook her newspaper boy for supper. So they, they, they counted the overstory, the wraparound story, as a story. Yeah, I like that. I hated that part, mostly yeah. because the ending pissed me off, but that's just me. Yeah, so Deborah <laughs> Harry plays the woman who's like, um, yes. uh, so she's blondie from, you know. Yes. From Blondie, from Blondie, and he's a video <laughs> drone as well. Um, yeah. She plays as well, and she must be the dumbest woman ever, like dumbest person. Like she just did. Did you get her? Like she was just stupid. Like she's like, yeah. like clearly done this a lot of times. She cooks these children. She's like worked it all out. She's a rich lady, but she's just like falls for the dumbest stuff. Mm-hmm. Like just keeps on like he's like, how about I read you a story? And she goes, well, I do love stories. I'm like, what do you mean you love stories? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, I do you know, like a story. 
But I like a romantic story. Well, this one has heaps of romance. Let me just tell you another story. Oh, okay. Like, she was, yeah, she, okay. It was so, it was so waffer thin that I was just like, oh, God, just get to the stories. I hated it. I hated it so much, that, that, the, the, the wraparound. So the first one was called Lot 429. uh, 249. 249. Um, Oh, dyslexia. This is where they used all their actors in this one. Um, yep. So this is where Christian Slater was in. This was Steve Buscemi. This was Julian Moore, um, who plays the best Boston lady in Thirty Rock, Jack's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she does. Boston. Yep. Um, and this is yeah. And I don't know. What do you think? It was about a mummy. Yeah. So basically, uh, Steve Buscemi is a poor student at this highly. Uh, what's the word? Um, Prestigious and competitive is the word I was looking Mm. for, school. Um, So he's very poor. Christian Slater and his sister Julianne Moore are obviously very rich. I never see Christian Slater as anyone who is rich. He seems just dirty to me. Um, And And he talks like this. (laughs) Yeah, whatever, man. And his eyes, he's he's, he's never quite awake. (laughs) He looks like he's a cat. No. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so Steve Buscemi brings in this uh, lot two forty nine, which is a mummy, because but no, you know, it's, it's lot two forty nine as if as it's like a crate. So he's, yeah. he's got it on an auction kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's basically bought this mummy, and inside the mummy there is a scroll that he reads and brings the mummy to life, and it goes off and kills the people um, that do him wrong, which would be. Julianne Moore and uh, her boyfriend and because they they uh, fucked him over they like made up a story about him that he's like you know done something bad and so he's yeah. going to get kicked out of school so they're like getting rid of like the poor people that could be competition to them because they're smart yeah pretty much uh the this had very little substance to it I find because <laughs> it was rubbish it, I mean the the mummy design looked kind of cool and it just became kind of comical when Christian Slater is just delimbing it with a bread knife, an electronic bread knife. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And like, it's like the mummy. They go into how a mummy gets made. You know, like your brains get pulled out of your nose. They stuff you with flowers and mm-hmm. herbs and stuff like that. And for some reason, when the mummy kills people, it does that to them. I'm like, why would yeah, a mummy do that? I'm not trying yeah, to make other yeah. mummies. <laughs> Uh, it, it in the end, uh, so Christian Slater is upset that his sister and best friend um, have been killed at the hands of Steve Buscemi's uh, mummy. So he decides to tie him up and basically destroy his master's thesis and destroy the mummy and make sure he leaves the school forever. Of course, Steve Buscemi leaves. And he's sitting in the taxi there afterwards having a bit old, big old giggle and the guy's like, what the fuck are you laughing at? And he's like, oh, this guy, he couldn't even decipher and differentiate between some weird fucking thing and some other weird fucking thing. Yeah. And then, of course, the mummy, his uh, sister and best friend rock up at his door as mummies. The end. Yawn. The end. Because the gore wasn't even, I, I, I found, wasn't even that good in this one. There was hardly any gore. I was just like... You know, like I cut down the side, or you know, I, you know, you're gonna yeah. pull the brain out of someone. It doesn't show any of it. Like, no. I found a lot of these anthologies suffered from um, cutaway, where something's about to happen, you didn't see it yeah. happen, and then you saw the aftermath, like the yeah. crucial gore shots that would have been like the money making shots, 
were all taken out. And you can see why this was only 3.5 million to make this one compared to the other ones. Most definitely. Mm. I, I feel that this is the kind of uh, film that you would have watched as a kid. Like, I probably would have seen this as a child because there is absolutely nothing in this film until we get to the last story, of course, which has anything graphic to it. Yeah, the only that was the last story is the only one that had gore in it. In my word. Yeah. Anyhow, don't we're only gonna hear about ourselves. The second one, we the have. cat from hell. It was called. I hated this one. So did I. <laughs> um, <laughs> I and it's coming I, from. I loved... It's coming from someone who loves cats. Like it's true. It did have like the one, which is really weird because it has the one scene that always makes me laugh in a film is when a cat <laughs> is stuck to someone's face. <laughs> I did laugh. At that for quite a long time. It was hilarious. So, yeah, the, the storyline is this old man has hired a, a, a hitman to take out a cat, which he believes has killed his entire family up until this point, um, which it goes back and shows, like, you know, like in the most boring fucking ways it kills people. You know, it, like, it runs under their legs as they're walking down the stairs. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm, at least make I it, like, run fair. under your legs and they fall onto a sword or something. You know, like something gory? It's true, but to be fair, my cat has run under my feet while I've been walking down the stairs, and I have fallen down the stairs. Yeah, but that so doesn't make that, that's the reality. Yeah, that's that's boring. I don't. I want it to be something amazing. And then the second way it kills someone is it just jump. It flump. It flumps onto their face while they're asleep and grabs them, and basically yeah. like suffocates them with its dick because <laughs> its dick was right on your mouth. Pretty much, yeah. That's that's how she suffocated. It wasn't uh, the cat itself. It was cat yeah. dick. Yeah, cat dick cat dies from a like cat dick asphyxiation. Yep. It, you don't want that on your tombstone, eh? Died with cat dick in its mouth. <laughs> um, anyway, so, and that was a hilarious scene. It looked like the fakest thing you've ever seen. It was just a, was. a, a fake cat stuck to someone's face as they were running around in a room, which I will add is one of my favourite comedy tropes. But yes, in this, indeed. I was just like, oh, nah. I can't even remember how it killed someone else. Did it kill anyone else or was that it? No, it was it was those two ways. And then it kills the guy. So the, the hitman is there and the, the cat comes along and basically is like, surprise, motherfucker, and attacks him. Ends up basically jumping into his mouth. No, no, you have to first, before that, it fucking rips his balls off. The cat, oh, yeah. the cat flies at him, like flies at him, and just <laughs> grabs his crutch and rips his dick off. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot oh. about that. But then the cat, like, the cat's death that he does to this guy was great. The cat runs yeah. at him and flies into his mouth, and then yeah. proceeds to to shimmy its way down the guy's throat, and it looked fucking yeah. gross. And I was like. I mean, like, this is great scene, but, like, I don't want to watch. It was, like, it was like 20 minutes of boring shit to get to this one shot. And that's what all these yeah. movies, these were. These were all just one idea that they just written a couple of, uh, you know, things around. And I'm like, I suppose that's just yeah. what an anthology is. But even then, so, like, you know, this cat is just, and you think that that's it. The story's ended. Like, the, the hitman's dead. The cat's in his body. Okay. But then comes wheeling in the old mate and the cat. The guy, who, the guy who hired him, yeah. Yeah, old mate. Um, so and the clock strikes midnight. There's this whole thing about every night at midnight it kills one of the people in this house and the cat just climbs very slowly out of the man and, and it, then attacks him and he has a heart attack and dies. Um, yeah, he basically jumps on his lap and just goes, 
long after like when it exits a man it's pretty funny because I've just pushed this cat this wet cat out of this uh, this rubber <laughs> dummy's face <laughs> or wet cat uh, I did have fun with with that there was a very small finite amount in that that I enjoyed and that was just the poor cat being a poor cat yeah um, poor the rest cat. of it was pretty pretty but garbage this was done in the times where they don't give a fuck about animals in films. <laughs> And then the last one was Lover's Vow. Now, this was the most fucking stupid, long-winded fucking story I'd ever heard about. A, you know, a, a, a jaded artist and who the fuck knows what's going on. He gets drunk and then his mate is attacked by a gargoyle. And yep. the gargoyle comes down and goes, Hey, mate. Fucking talks to him <laughs> and goes like, oh, I won't kill you if... You never, ever, ever mention me ever again. And then flies off. And I'm like, what? I mean, don't get me wrong. When the guy, like, this is the only one that had gore in it, basically. I mean, the gore yeah. was, you know, like that, the slash marks looked really good. Like, it, it, it uh, you know, it, it lobbed the dude's head off. That was a bit of, like. Yeah, that was good. But it was, was so fucking boring. And then he meets a girl on the way home and suddenly there's a sex scene. Yeah. Like, you literally just met. Yeah, he'd met like, this, he's just like, get off the street, there's a, you know, it's not safe. Quick, come to my house. Then it goes, sex scene, and then it goes, ten years later, they're just right? married with a kid. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yes. His life's and going so great, he, you know? Yeah. He's he's back on top, he's no longer a struggling, jaded artist, he's a super happy artist. A uh, family of two of kids and a beautiful wife. And I was like, ah. Uh-huh. And then all and of a sudden, so 10 years later, all of a sudden, what does he do? Jen. Well, he basically, he sits down and he's like, well, I've told you everything. You've given me 10 years of happiness. I love you. You're the light of my life. Uh, here's this gargoyle that I saw the night that we met. And, yeah, he's made uh, a sculpture I, of it. Sculpture. It, which looked really good. And he's like, so I promised it I wouldn't tell anyone that I saw it. No, I, the, the, he goes, I promised the gargoyle that I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't I tell wouldn't anyone. Tell. And then she said what I said. Why are you telling me this then? Uh-huh. Yes. Um, and then she's like, you promised you wouldn't tell and proceeds to turn into the gargoyle. She was the gargoyle all along. She just wanted happiness. I thought her transformation was very cool. Um, yes. It was kind of sickening, like all her skin rips off and this gargoyle rips out from inside of her. But then the mm-hmm. clencher was that, you know, you were not, never supposed to tell, is that his children also turn into gargoyles because they're the offspring of gargoyles. So he's got uh-huh. tiny gargoyle children and then yes. it kills him and then they go yep. back up onto the roof and turn back to stone. And I'm yes. like, what? Why did they unturn to stone in the first place? What gave the yeah. gargoyle the opportunity to do that? I don't know. <laughs> they didn't tell me, and I don't like that. Why? Yeah. There so, are too many questions. So, and then, obviously, the end, that was the end of that one. I was like, oh, whatever, that was a waste. That, was a waste. that one went for, went for, like, it felt like four, felt like 40 minutes, that one, wasn't it? It was long. It was. Yeah, and that was long and boring. So... Mm-hmm. Basically, this whole two-hour film has like three only – no, it only has two shots worth watching, basically. It has – no, it has three. It has the cat jumping into the mouth. 
It has the gargoyle mm. killing scene, and then it has the transformation of her at the end. And you know, I mean, that, that wasn't enough. Yeah, that wasn't no. that. That wasn't enough. That wasn't enough. And then, of course, we we go to the end wraparound. So this kid has been distracting Debbie Harry from cooking him by telling her all these stories. Um, he then proceeds to basically start telling the story about how he, a child, escapes the witch, Debbie Harry, and then put, basically escapes and pushes her into the oven, and that was the end of that chapter. It, well, it, it, it was, it was a, uh, the whole thing was a, a, a homage to Hansel and Gretel. Like, she yeah. lured him in, remember, with cookies and fed him cookies to fatten him up, and then, yeah, yep. she gets kicked into the oven just like the witch, and he bails out. Um, yeah. Which I was like, boring. <laughs> she's a witch. She's been doing this for years and years and years, and she's foiled by a small child. Well, she was the dumbest person in the entire yeah. world. How she'd done yeah. up to that point, I don't even know. Yeah. Anyhow, what did you give this? I gave this a what? A W for whatever. A wha- I also gave it a work for whatever. <laughs> Meh. When this is our sound. Yeah. That's what it gets. Anyhow, moving on. Third film. Scare Package. Right. 2019. Yes. Uh, was it 2020? Uh, so it sort of came out this year. It came out, I think it was like made last year, came out this year kind of thing. Um, so I really wanted to watch this one because I'd heard some good things and obviously because Shudder uh, has become available in Australia in the last couple of months. I kind of wanted to watch some something from Shudder. Hmm. And it was not disappointing. You loved it. I did love it. I did uh, not. I was so I, over I... anthologies by this time. <laughs> well, this, to be fair, this was the first one I watched. Um, oh, yeah, so... that might have been a bit better better idea. I See, I wanted to save. It looked like it was going to be the best one, so I saved this one till last. Yeah. All right, well. So the wraparound story uh, is called Cold Opener. Yes. Well, hang on. Hang on. Tagline and synopsis. Tagline and synopsis. Seven directors, seven tales of terror, zero working cell phones. Chad Buckley is a horror aficionado and he's lonely. Chad spends his days at his struggling genre video store arguing with his only regular customer, Sam. When an unsuspecting applicant shows up, Chad begins to teach him about the rules of horror and his video store at large, much to the chagrin of Sam. During Chad's onboarding process, we weave in and out of different hilarious horror stories, uh, each one geared at a different set of horror tropes. As this new applicant learns the ropes, he begins to suspect Chad of something sinister, but we quickly learn that he may have a secret of his own. Yeah. That's pretty much the whole fucking story. Oh, that. And it's... That, yeah, that's it, like the wraparound. But it's weird because, like, the wraparound story isn't the first story. No. Which really cold threw open. me, and I didn't know what the fuck was going on, eh? Like, when I, the first, this cold opener one, like, I had no idea what was happening. It, it, it goes full meta. It's, a, you know, the characters mm. are, like, breaking character. They're at, they, they know what they are. They know they're in a horror film. They're not the main characters, and so they, he's, he's the character that sets up what is it like? You know the things in horror films. So he's the one who like gets the cursed he item. Sells you the house. Yeah. yeah. He sells you the amateur house. He, you know, he's the one that's that cuts the power, and um, he, he's not the main guy, but he's he's 
the the crux of what's happening. So the fact that the that it starts with this group of teens kind of he comes up to this sign and it's like a uh, camping ground or spooky insane asylum. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the sign's sort of ajar and he's like, oh shit, and he's trying to like fix the sign so it's saying, you know, don't so, go this way. It's saying to and go to the like, wrong way, so they're going to go to the asylum instead of their camping yeah. ground. He's like hitting it with a rock and he's like, oh shit, and kind of just, it's very endearing, I thought, very endearing. Uh, runs off and of course, like hilarity ensues. So, uh, But the I found the quality of all of these stories, they were like skit comedy quality. They weren't. They really film, were. They weren't film quality, quality. If you know mm-hmm. what I mean, they were kind of like you know SNL like kind yep. of skits. Like they didn't quite have the polish that it needed, and it did a lot of the gore in this film suffer from that same thing that the crucial shot was missing. Did you notice? I did, except except for that they had a couple of really good crucial shots. <laughs> there was, I think. So, yeah, seven stories, and I think the wraparound was quite good. The cold opener and one time in the woods. Everything else kind of just teetered into a, eh, something didn't but, need to be there. So did you count, did you count cold long. opener and the night he came back again as the same story? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, cool. So let's go through them. Cool, we've gone through cold yeah. opener. One time in the woods, the second story, was the best one, I thought. This was the best one, hands down. This was like pure tongue-in-cheek, pure comedy, stupid acting. It's just, it was just about a, camp, a, a bunch of people camping and they all die from all these like different kind of horror tropes. There's like a killer, there's, a, there's body melt happening, there's like all this other, other shit happening. But, yeah, it, it was just stupidity. Like at one point someone throws a rock at someone and their head just explodes. <laughs> that was and there's this bit where this guy, so um, this this group of people, they're camping. He's stepped in some goo. He's like, oh, I've stepped in goo. Some guy comes barreling out of the woods and he's like, you need to help me. I'm about to transform. And he starts transforming. He's like, oh, you got to help. Like, stop. Like, silver is going to help me. It's, it's going to stop the transformation. And this guy basically handcuffs him for like, and he is in mid-transformation. So he is basically this huge puddle of goo. The skull. Kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a great skull. character. And I fucking loved it because yeah. it turns out that the guy that's handcuffed him is like the Springwood slasher and he's there to kill the people that he's gone camping with. So you got, and yeah. then, of course, you've got that guy now chasing these guys and it becomes a Benny Hill skit and, and then it's just so gory. And at one point he's like, he gets, some guy gets impaled by an axe and falls down. Yeah, you and know, but like, yeah, oh they, they, no, no, at first they throw they throw an axe at one stage because there's all this shit happening. It's just basically a massive excuse to do these like gross horror scenes. They throw an axe at someone and it misses someone and this hiker just comes out of nowhere and it hits him in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets axed to the dick. And then later yep. on someone falls on the other side of the axe and gets their head lodged in the guy's dick. <laughs> And then because it's and this is this is basically like a paper cut and a gallon of blood kind of uh yeah gore and the main so the girl guys, and the main the girl guys, constantly like, has like blood just spray everything spraying into this one person's face constantly I thought that was yeah funny. and then there's this one point where the guy that's this like half goop on the floor is like hey that guy's blood's getting into my blood stop it and I'm just like still there he's still this pile of goop 
And then and he was even more goopy. He was like his skull, his eyes had fallen out. He's like, my eyes are falling out. <laughs> <laughs> this this really like because this was one film that I I don't generally I can't do films like you. I can't watch it, come back to it, watch it. I have to watch it in one go. This film was uh, for me. I did watch it in I think two two shots just because I was super busy. And so the cold opener. This, the first wraparound story where we're introduced to to Chad, who looked like Joe Exotic, by the way, um, and then the the one time in the woods. This was my introduction to this film, and it was so funny. And I walked away going, "This is hilarious. I love this. Like nothing is going. Like I cannot wait to see what what else happens." And then I wait and see what else happens, and it's kind of a little bit downhill from there. Yeah, it, it kind of it started like real strong and died. There was a bit in the in the, the one time in the woods as well where the guy's like, he runs into a stick and pierces his face, um, or whatever. And then the the guy throws a rock at him and his head explodes. And then yeah. there's that camper guy that comes up and he falls over and he rips his legs off and beats him with his own legs. Yep. But the guy was just like so nonchalant about it. He's just like, oh no, my legs ripped off. Now my other oh, legs you're... ripped off. Oh, now he's beating me with my own legs. Like, <laughs> it was just like. One, it was very much like uh, at one point when I first started watching this film, I'm like, this is going to be very kind of Tucker and Dale, isn't it? So, yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I was okay with that. More of that. And then there's the next one. It's called The Girl's Night Out of Body. And I thought it was really boring. Um, which one was it? Is that the, that's the one so, with the, the candy? Yeah. yeah. So, um, Mister was next. The M I S T E R. Oh, the werewolf one. Let's write that one in there. Yeah, that one I just was. Yeah, that one was completely meh. Yeah, I didn't understand what happened. Like it was about a guy that goes to a men's group, and then they end up being uh, werewolves, and then he just shoots them, and then he goes home, and everyone congratulates him, and it's just like, okay, that wasn't very anything. Yeah, there was no explanation to any of it, and I walked away just like, yeah. Yeah, that was okay. that was budget. That was almost ta- that was Tales of the Dark Side writing. That was terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the next so one then, was the girls' night out uh, out of yeah. body, and I was, that was also boring as well. It's just a girl steals a lolly, they lick it, and then they get a skull on their face, and then they dance. The end. The end, and I was like, fuck this shit. You lost yeah. me. You, you've done two shitties in a row. Then they did <laughs> uh, The Night He Came Back Again, which is basically a massive homage to um, uh, Halloween. Yeah. Which is like the girl yeah. and, you know. and the, But they capture, obviously, Michael Myers, which is not Michael Myers. He's just another dude I can't remember. And this is the whole thing of them trying to kill him. They've already got yeah. him tied up, but because he's one of those unkillables, they just keep, like, chopping bits off and doing this and that, stuffing him with fireworks. And in the end, they basically had to, like, Put him through a fucking meat, uh, a wood chipper, turn him to to paste, and he still yep. fucking comes back. <laughs> but so what I really liked about that one is that one was also very gory. It was also very tongue in cheek. Yeah. But because it had all the tropes, so it had the the guy that was like hopelessly in love with her, and she just couldn't see see him for for him being in love with her and then at one point like they pull off the mask of the killer and he's like he just gives her this like this look and he's like are you serious come on this guy you're into he's been trying to kill you you're into this guy and he's just like and she waits like long enough for him to get killed and then she shoots him (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I I quite enjoyed this one. This one was quite amusing as well. I found it had it had the gore, it had the just everything I wanted. Like just a lot of people being blown up and tortured. Each one of these stories had was a massive, massive like nod to a certain genre of horror. Just some yeah. of them didn't really pull it off, if you know what I mean. Like, but I love yeah. like the idea that these are co- clearly whoever's writing these or whoever did this like was really going into like they love horror. They yeah. think they know the rules. <laughs> I mean, they probably do, but like you know, they know what they're talking about, and they wanted to make this thing. I mean, the the over the the wraparound story of like the video shop guy and like how annoying they are and how gross they are. And there's a bit later on where that he goes into that story, and the character says like, "You are," like they know they're in a horror film, and he's like, "You are the amalgamation of a horror movie like online critic," and that's what he was. Yep. And I really enjoyed yeah. that because, like, yeah, you are. You're a fucking fanboy and I hate you. And the, both those characters I hated so much. Because, <laughs> like, one of them, like, yeah, it was, like, Joey Zodiac. And the other one was just, like, so many of my customers at work. <laughs> it's the same. Yeah, it it kind of, it hurt me a little bit because it, it, not only did it take me back to my blockbuster days, but it also sort of reminds me of what I do and where I work and the people I interact with. So... It hurt me a little bit, mm. but it's also you got to laugh about it. But yeah, I thought the 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 night he came back again was worth watching. Yeah. Uh, was it the second it best was. one? Then this next one was like, what the fuck is this even doing in it? So much to do <laughs> about a guy who just gets turned to mist and then uh, basically um, uh, possesses a lady, and then she basically has the Fight Club fight with herself, and yeah. that's it. See, I didn't even remember that one. Yeah, exactly. She fight clubs herself, like has a fights herself, gets him out, the end. And I'm like, hmm, could have just, yeah, this film would have like greatly um, been better without this in it. It wouldn't have run as long. It didn't need it. I reckon they, they could have cut out the Girls' Night Out one, the Werewolf one, and so much to do, and it would have been a better film. I think so. But, I mean, I like to think that, a lot of the people that were involved in writing this film, because like when you know we 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 read out the um the actors, we read out the director. This one had so many people involved in the the writing, the directing that it just it was we would have sat here forever just listing off all people. But yeah. watching this film, I'm kind of really excited to see the people that are now working in the industry that are like coming up with this stuff because I feel that even though this film started out super strong, then just took a real big dive bomb and then kind of came back to it at the end, it's good to see that these people are going to be doing great things well, like, so as you, time goes on. Are these people that, um, what, what it felt like, Ros, there's these people who love fucking horror, they love film, and they got a whole bunch of their, like, you know, uh, people to work on these things for them and a whole bunch of maybe their idols were in it and it felt like that they couldn't bear to cut any of them out no matter how bad yeah. they were. Yeah. Because they'd was... organised it all, they'd promised people that it'd be in there and it, that's what it felt like because there was stuff yeah. that was like such low quality and stuff that was like quite fun and funny and it just was so bridging that I feel like, you know, they made too many promises of like, yeah, that'll be in there and they had to put it in there. 
kind of thing. So it's kind of like a um like a film competition, like a student film competition, and That's these it. ones were the the best of the best. Yeah, I felt like this was a yeah. It felt like a horror school where you had to make a film, and they had to choose seven films no matter what. And these were just you know. Clearly, there's like yeah. three standouts, but we had to have seven or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that kind of yeah. thing. So, yeah. the, and then there's these other ones, and let's mix it up in there so not all the shit ones are at the end, you know? Yeah. Or at the yeah. start kind of thing. And maybe that's what it, it was. Of, I don't know. Yeah. Well, who knows? I mean, this, I, I mean, I liked it. And I think the fact that um, the first, like I say, the first segments are really good, and the middle is just a bit lacking but then it ends quite strong for me well if you can Um, watch it and skip the ones you don't like it's great well that's exactly and that's what i would because i 100 percent um like i was i was texting liz at that point going oh my god this movie is so fucking funny i need you to like i'm gonna stop watching it i need you to watch it with me i didn't end up like she didn't end up watching it but it's something that i will definitely be like oh you you gotta check this and you're gonna skip the ones aren't you you don't like Exactly. Yeah, and I, I reckon it would be, be, as I said, it would be a more powerful film if you just didn't have those ones in it. Yeah. Um, and then the yeah. last one is called Horror Hypothesis. Hypothesis. <laughs> uh, and I thought this one had the second best gore in yeah. it. Because the, the best gore was like one time in the woods. But this one had a lot. And this is the amalgamation of all the, the overarching stories kind of coming together. Um, and, you know, the, the video shop guy, the Mike guy. Was Mike in this one? Yes. Yeah, he was at the end, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, all comes together at, at the end kind of thing. Um, and it was okay, this one. This was probably, you know, it was okay. What did you think of the last one? It was your, your, yeah, like, your classic, like, just slasher, stalker, bunch of people trying to escape. But one of the characters knows he's in a horror film, so he's just like, hey, you're the slut. You're this. Yeah. You're that. Which... <laughs> Coming out of Cabin in the Woods last last week, I'm like, ah, oh, yep. yeah. see, we had just watched the best version of this ever. And yes, just, pretty much. It was just unfortunate for this film that we just watched Cabin in the Woods, which has that that metaverse of horror tropes in it and pointing it yep. out kind of thing. I mean, it was really strange because the little guy that he'd hired for his video shop ended up being a scientist who took him to a location where he... This, they were all scientists who were sort of working out the statistics and the the science behind slashes. So they get this woman on a treadmill and they've got this guy like following her, and it's like okay, just just start running a little bit faster. And every time she'd run that little bit faster, she'd just fall over. Yeah, she'd no get reason. to a certain she'd distance, fall. a theoretical away from him, and she'd fall over no matter what, like because she's in a horror yeah. film, she can't not fall over. And they had the bit as well, like you can't, a car won't start unless the um the antagonist is like fourteen feet away from it and shit like yeah. that and I, I mean and it was it was a research facility to document the real world horror tropes and stuff and I yeah. got that was kind of cool and we yeah. it still was a bit ham fisted and a bit try hardy of course like, it was you know what I mean like yeah, but I loved it <laughs> um and then of course you got the guy in it who's like um, Chad from the video shop and he's a horror yeah, enthusi- enthusiast, and then you get fucking uh, Joe Bob Briggs shows up. Yeah, which is really cool. Like, I mean, everyone loves Joe Bob, so that was because I thought I like very early on in the film, um, I was like, this is like paying 
pretty big homage to Joe Bob. Like his the way Chad was dressed and the like the video store emporium had that kind of Joe so, Bob logo feel. For people who don't know who so, Joe Bob is, explain him. Okay, so there would be people who don't know who he is. I only learned about him recently, so yeah. Um, so he's basically a horror host, um, kind of like uh, Elvira, but um, he's a the male red, version. He's, he's a cowboy. So he hosts all these films. Um, he does a lot of it on Shudder now. I think it's Shudder. I want to say Shudder. But, yeah, so he, he hosts all these films, which is really cool. So that's just who he is. And for m- most people in the horror community, they know who he is and yeah. enjoy his shows. We don't really get them here. Like, there's never been anything that you can sort of watch them on here. But now that we've got more access to other things, we can now finally start to, to get into it. So. All right. Yeah. So- and yeah, he's in it, and he goes through all the tro. He goes through. It. He, he, I thought this one dragged on a little bit, like it, it did. Yeah, like, it just kept going and going and going because they had more to say about it because they know more about horror than we do. <laughs> like, yep. And it got it got a bit like even though they had a character in it that was supposed to be mm-hmm. the amalgamation of a horror fucking know it all. The the film to me screamed that it was a horror know it all. Well, maybe it was supposed to do that. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I just maybe. don't get it. Maybe I just Maybe like traditional horror. Meta. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know if we're supposed to use the word meta, but yeah. yeah. Anyhow, what did you give it? Uh, so I gave it a J. I think it is a gen special. Um, like I say, it's it's got a lot of really high key points that are, make watching the rest of it worth it. Um, so, yeah. I also sure. gave it a J for a gen special. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it. I'm like, I bet she's going to love this. And I scrolled down your notes and was like, I fucking love this. <laughs> so, and your sound is this. Now it's time for the fun part. <laughs> Which was, Jane can't hear, but it was that uh, bit from that, uh, that, what was that horror movie you watched? And it had the the the, the guy killing girls, and then he had East break, breaks into a song. Oh, that's just okay. recently. It was not Prom Night Two. It was the other one. Oh, Slumber Party Massacre Two. Yeah, yeah. I, that it, it, ah. it's, it's his song just played then. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Let's move on. What are we moving All on right. to? We're moving on to horror news. Each week, me and Jen take you through the horror news that you need to know about. Welcome to Horror News! Now, please tell me you are practicing that in the mirror at night, right? It's only when I transform into a werewolf, so I only get to okay. do it every full moon. So Yeah, okay. No, well, you, you're getting better, and I love it. I love it so much. So, uh, well, guys, Scream Watch 2020. Scream Watch... Yeah. It's been a big week, guys. Neve Campbell, she's back. Okay, we knew it was going to happen, but she's back. It's official. We're very excited by this. We are. I'm trying to find a scream sound effect really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> to um. Oh, here we go. Scream. <coughs> oh, my God, that was loud. Okay, the scream watch sound, go. <laughs> Fantastic. So, yes, Neve Campbell is back. We knew it was going to happen, but come on, guys, like, just let's be excited about this. Um, so not only is uh, Neve Campbell back, it's also been announced that Marley Shelton, who played Deputy Judy Hicks in Scream 4, is also back, <gasps> uh, which is exciting. 
I'm just doing because you gotta hear the sound effect. <laughs> Keep going. Okay. Um, it also looks like uh, Matthew Lillard has is hinting that Stu might still be alive. Stu. Um. Yeah. So I feel that this was in the news not too long ago. <gasps> um. But Matthew Lillard desperately wants to come back. Um, as Stu Marker, and I think there were some early fan theories that he's been in jail orchestrating this whole thing over the years. Um, but I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Wasn't so. that one of our hit predictions earlier on? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't because you only see him. I can't remember what happens to him. He gets stabbed a lot. He gets a TV oh, that's right. dumped on his head, and that wouldn't kill um, you. That would just break well, your nose. Possibly. I mean, it was one of those old 90s TVs, so those fuckers were heavy. Yeah, but that. Like, have you ever tried to break a TV screen? I have not. I have. They're really hard to break. <laughs> and then they also, like, implode because they're all, um, they're all like, vacuum sealed, so they go yeah. into themselves. So even if it did break, which I doubt it would have, I reckon it yeah. would just it would implode in on itself, so he would have been fine. Mm. Well, not well, fine. He'd be fucked up. He's pretty. <laughs> you would be pretty fucked up. Um, so I think a lot of what I'm hearing, uh, I, I love forums. I like listening to people talk. I can never interact with them because people are rude pretty much straight away. True. Um, but um, there's like this whole kind of conspiracy that um, you know, Dewey has known about this for the last twenty something years and has been hiding it from Sydney. Um, well, that which, he's still alive. Well, yeah, because you know he's he's part of the police force. He would see aut- autopsy reports. He'd probably see the autopsy. Makes sense. He'd know that they're dead. It'd, um, it'd be a good reason dead. to bring Dewey back into it as well, because he'd kind of be yeah. spent, you know, his story. Yes, pretty much. So this is definitely a very interesting sort of take, and I know that Matthew Lillard has been pretty upset lately because he was replaced as Shaggy in all of the Scooby-Doo movies that have happened. Um, He's basically like, well, I'm still here. I I did a really good job. Why didn't you bring me back? I watched, watched, you know, Looney Tunes back in action or whatever it's called? Oh, yeah. And it's got, like, Shaggy talking to him, like, about the the Scooby-Doo movie in it. Like... (laughs) Ah, that actor. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was pretty yep. good. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, so we'll see how this happens. So this week has been real good for some Screenwatch 2020. And uh, So yeah, do you think so... my, my theory of, remember my, my theory of Scream Cabal, of Ghostface Cabal? Mm-hmm. Do you reckon that yes. might be it, that he's running like a Ghostface Cabal and he's like teaching these other Screams? Like, all the ones that have been in the other ones, that he's, like, pushing them out into the world. He's been, like, this uh, this Ghostface puppet master from yeah. the jail cell. Yeah. Oh, scream Cabal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you play, you're playing your sound bites again, aren't you? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. No, like, I'm super excited for this. Like, every, every time there is something new, even if it's just something small, it, it's exciting. It's super exciting for me. Like, I cannot wait. And I think watching, there has only been a little bit of negativity from people, but, hey, you're always going to get negativity from people. Oh, yeah. Um, The internet's given everyone a voice, and they choose to be as negative as they fucking possibly can. It's true. But I am so excited for this. Like, I cannot wait. And I just, every time something happens, I am looking forward to talking about it. 
That's sick. I'm excited. Yeah. You're excited. Whew, me too. <laughs> What's next? Um, so it looks like Candyman has been pulled from October release and indefinitely delayed until 2021. No, guys, we were meant to have some horror this year. Yeah, at least a little bit. Uh, now, so, is this um, is this a reboot or a remake this, or just a, so, a spiritual sequel? Oh, here we go. It's well, a- <laughs> so I want to say it is a bit of a remake. Re- I'm going to say reboot because Tony Todd is in it and he is reprising his role as a Candyman, not necessarily the Candyman. Oh, there's a, like a Candyman cabal? <laughs> there mu- there must be. Yes, who knows, who knows. We'll, we will soon find out. Um, so, yeah, it, it is. it was in Nia DaCosta who has uh, directed this. She's basically sort of stated this is a film that is, is meant to be enjoyed in the theatres. You have to experience this in the theatres. It's not something that you just, we can put straight on video to demand and you can watch it at home with... 10 of your mates having a big old chat. Oh, no beer and chicken wings, she reckons. We have no, to put on our film no glasses for this and our our opinions. I'm I'm going to have my my Lenny face, so that Lenny at the Oscars with the hands uh, poised and looking really pensive. Um I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the Candyman series. For me, it was just one that I never really got into. Yeah, I didn't like I, it. Number 1, I, I don't like being sticky. And there's honey in it. <laughs> yep. I don't like being sticky at all. I reckon if you covered me in honey, I would actually have a heart attack. I can't handle yeah, it. And the other thing is totally... I'm not into bees. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think a dude with a hook for a hand is really just fucking like, ha- like you know, just phoning in mo- like man, like monster. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, it's the same as like, I know what you did last summer. It's a dude in a fucking raincoat. I'm like, fuck off. Yeah. Get something better. Yeah. It's true. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I feel that Candyman was one of those films, because um, obviously I just went through this huge phase when I was like from maybe about 10 onwards that I was pretty much allowed to go to the video shop by myself and my parents just didn't give a shit what I watched. So I was probably a bit too young to appreciate Candyman and understand fully what they were talking about. Um, and I've just sort of never really revisited it since. Yeah, because the, 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 if I remember it right, so you have to say Candyman in the mirror of five times. Is that right? Yes. Did you always feel that five was a bit too many? I'd get bored after two. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, Beetlejuice was hard with three. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone five. And there were so many scenes where it was just like, Candyman. Candyman. <gasps> Candyman. You're like, you see, you're only fucking up to three. Fucking hell! Like, the, the, like seriously, half the Candyman movies are bit people saying the word Candyman. <laughs> that's right. It's um, like three yeah. people have to. If if four people have to die in that film, that's like twenty times you have to say Candyman to the mirror. <laughs> like pretty much. That's a lot of Candymans. Um, but yeah, maybe I will give it another go at some point, but probably not anytime soon. But I am excited for this one. Obviously, Jordan Peele is producing it. Um, and he's just done some amazing things with us and Get Out, which we've yet to watch and talk about on this show. So who knows? That might be a future episode. Mm. Um, but yeah, so 20, I think the new date is, well, it's an indefinite. What's his quote here? I'm from producer Jordan Peele, who co-wrote the film with Win. Win. 
Win Rosenfeld. Ooh. Oh. All right. Yes. So I'm excited. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm a little, I'm not excited. That's a lie. <laughs> I'm excited for a new horror film. Um, yes. I wish, I just wish no, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I feel that this could definitely hold my attention for the Candyman series, probably not enough to make me go back and rewatch them. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm really glad that Tony Todd was offered to come back. I think anytime something's rebooted or remade and there's still the original, you know, I... iconic actor, they do get a little bit upset when they're not invited to come back, even if it's just as a cameo. So I mean he looks he looks great. There's a shot here from the film and it actually looks really cool. It looks a very um some weird reason it just reminded me of like 2001 space odyssey that a picture of him like in a in a circular yeah. hallway it's very very like um what's that word um that wes anderson always does like symmetrical yeah. uh the shot he's right in the middle he's staring straight down the, the camera it just looks he just looks wicked he just he looks like he's aged really well into a well, sexy not, man that's not tony todd but oh, yeah fuck <laughs> <laughs> is he a uh, that that is the main actor who uh whose name i don't know I right just, now and i apologize did, did i just look like an idiot no never never oh yeah never. Tony is, is a lot older <laughs> i'm an idiot yes he um is. that's fine uh, so, yes, which this does uh, lead us in a very nice segue into our next little bit of news, which isn't necessarily news, but it is a topic that was brought up um, on Popcorn Horror, uh, Home versus Cinema, the horror experience. So this article basically discusses um, going to the movies versus enjoying a, a movie at home. And I thought this was is a nice little topic talking point because... I personally love the cinema. It is one of my favourite and has always been one of my favourite things to do. But in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, I hate going because it's always so stressful as to what's going to happen. What do you mean? You know, so I can't tell you the last time I've been to a movie unless I am the only person in the cinema there has not been a single time where there's not been someone who is oh, on annoying. their phone having a chat, like just not being considerate of everyone around you, and it pisses me off. And then I'm I'm that person that will be like, hey guys, just how's about we put the phone away? Or hey guys, if you pull the phone out again, I'm gonna throw it across this room. Hey guys, you know I terrified a, a group of girls one time. I got up and sat with them, and I'm like, what are we talking about? <laughs> I like, used to be really? like that, but I, as I've gotten older, I'm just so against like um, confrontation. I just can't be fucked with oh, it. That I just, I just move a lot of the time if there's a, some, is a, is space to move. But I know what you mean. I, I love, I use, I love going to the cinema. But I always, every time I go to the cinema, I suffer trailer envy. That whatever's in the trailer, I wish I was watching <laughs> compared to what I'm watching. Yeah, sure. And then, yeah. um, so I always say to uh, my wife Claire, if we're in the cinema, and then. I'll go through all the trailers, and if like, um, I, there's the movies that I know I'm so excited for. Where I say at the start, there's nothing they could show in the trailer that make that I'll want to watch over this, and then I'm really excited. Like, you know, 
um, like, you know, yep. Avengers Endgame. There wouldn't have been anything I wanted to see more than that at that time when it was coming on, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I was just like, this is going to be sick. And, um, yeah, that, that experience of, of, of having, I love the idea of having your mate there next year that, you know, a wicked bit happens and you can hit them on the shoulder and shit and stuff oh, like yeah. that. But a yep. lot of the time cinemas are so loud these days that, like, you can't hear um, the people behind you and that. And I find... I find most of the time, the bit that annoys me, people don't seem to care. I still see, I see trailers as the film. Like I watch yes. silence in the trailers, but a lot of people don't count that. They just count that. But most of the time when the actual film starts, majority, 99% of people are going to put their phones away and watch the film because they've paid to come in and see it. There may be some fucking turkeys that, you know, break, uh, you know, some 20 uh, year olds that are breaking up with their girlfriend at that time. And they're like over text <laughs> and they, Feel it's more important in the world, but you can just say, yeah, and it's just unfortunate. Hopefully, you can just move away from them and then just go somewhere else, or just go, I'll just fucking stop. Or they're, you always hope that their friends just tell them to stop doing it. Um, yeah, because I'm a fucking pussy and I wouldn't say anything to a fucking fly. <laughs> well, see, I always do it in the most uh, politely sadistic way. So you know, hey guys, please just stop. I will murder you. Just stop it. Um. <laughs> But yeah, like I totally get it because as I get older, I don't want the conflict. It's whenever I hear people talking, because half the time I'm with Liz, and it's better that I get up and say something than Liz gets up and says something. Yeah, she's she doesn't have the uh, the she's got the subtlety of a sledgehammer that girlfriend of yours. <laughs> God love her. Um, yeah. So I mean, look, I, I love. I love the food though. I love candy bar. I love the idea oh, of popcorn. going to get my drinks and my popcorn. I love the idea that yes. I'm going to sit down. It's going to be dark. It's going to be an experience. Like I was saying, like, and like, I mean, if you really want it, go to Gold Class. It's like no one speaks yeah. in Gold Class. You get your own thing. You get fucking waiters. Gold Class to me is so rad. It's such a good mm-hmm. idea. Like, I don't fucking, I don't mind paying 50 bucks to go see a film if I'm going to be, be waited on and fucking yeah. bring me beer and chicken wings. Like, <laughs> you actually sure. can order beer and chicken wings. And, like, you're sitting next to you, like, you, you, there's two of you, you're sitting next to you, like, your girlfriend or, or, or your fucking partner, and you, you get to experience this thing. I love it, yeah. man. And, like, I think gold class I, is one of the greatest things I ever invented. It's true. I also get to put my feet up, which is great, because <laughs> I'm so old. My back and my knees, they start to hurt about halfway through. So I, I, I tend to fidget, and then it's just because I'm in pain. And then I was like, try not to fidget because I don't want to disrupt everyone else around me with my constant moving. Yeah. But yeah, so the gold class is great because then I can just lay down and I'm comfortable the whole time. Yeah, and it's they fantastic. put effort in. Just, yeah. And you get to go to that other room, you know, and there's a bar in there and stuff and you can get like a martini. <laughs> I, I just love I love gold class. And I love it when you get free gold class. That's the best. Oh, yeah. Uh, advanced I, screening gold class. And then you go in there and they set up like a banquet and there's like, you know, cupcakes for free and everything. That's, that's, that's when you know you've made it. I'm in the free gold class section, advanced screening. Oh yeah. That's nice. That's That's nice. nice. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love, I love watching a movie at home because I can sit there in my track pants and dropping food all down. I do that in the cinema anyway. It doesn't really matter. Um, But you know, you can sit and be gross at home and, heavy breathing and just in your underwear if you want. Well, at home you can um, pause the film and you can go have like, you know, a wee break. You can stop. You can you can even have like an IMD brief halfway through and have a little talk. And then, yeah. uh, and then uh, so they, they, they both got their pros and cons. 
I mean, at the moment, cinema's a piece of fucking shit. There's no, like, you know, there's no drive. You know, the only thing that's really cool is the driving at the moment because of COVID. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. and driving is another kettle of fish. That's fucking wicked. You get a good mm. driving night, mate. You know, like, and there's two types of really good driving nights. There's, like, go with your, your partner. You know, you go there, you, you go in, like, our one up the road's got, like, you know, the old 50s diner. You get your hot dog. You sit down. You eat that. You go and watch the previews and that. You hang out. And then there's, like, your mate's one when, like, five of you come in your car. You set all your cars up. You know, you, you get your deck chairs out. It's warm weather. You put your stereos on mm. so you can hear the thing. And you get to hang out with your friends and stuff. Like, the drive-in, I can't believe the drive-ins aren't more popular. Like, I remember when they They're becoming that. more popular. Yeah, well, they should because, like, they're fucking sick fun. And they're a thing that if if the if drive-ins die, that's a fucking travesty. That is, like, mm. uh, that is like a massive, important thing that should never go away. The drive-in is such an experience and it's such a, uh, uh, an important thing of how films became to be. Like, um, you know, how many people would have been conceived in a drive-in? It's... Bring well, your date there. Is... You can't have sexy times at the cinema. It's fucking gross. I've seen people oh, having I've... sexy times at the cinema. I'm like, what are you doing? Look, I've... Yeah. I've worked in a cinema and the things that I've seen. <sighs> no. <laughs> cannot not be mean. unseen. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, yeah. Good no, point. I, I miss the cinema. Yeah. It's a nice little thing. So I might post this one up on the Facebook page and I'd like to hear some opinions. Have some little interactions about this as well, because mm. I think a few of you will have some strong opinions, and I love it. Okay. More of that, please. Nice. So let's move on to our future homework, as in what we're doing Ooh. next week. So I've chosen two films. We're going back to two, as I mentioned earlier. Have you seen my films? Oh, I love it. Are you really? So I have chosen yes. Gremlins 2. Fantastic. I love Gremlins 1. I just got a new Gremlins figure this week, actually. You know those oh. ones where they're in the boxes and you can open up the front and it's the... Uh, Actually, uh, last week there was, I want to do a, a mistake that I mentioned in our show. I actually mm-hmm. called the gremlin, you know, uh, the main gremlin in Gremlins 1, I called him Spike instead of Stripe. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but just, uh, I remember that oh. after I'd done it. And it's, it's um, Stripe. Did action. you get a Necker figure? What? Was it Necker? I'm not sure, but he comes with, he's quite big. He comes with, yeah. he looks crazy good. He comes mm-hmm. with a skateboard and a chainsaw, which are two of oh. my favorite things. There was also Hellraiser ones, Friday the 13th ones um, there as well. Um, okay. I, I'm pretty certain. They, they seem like the Necker ones, but yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But aren't those yeah. Necker ones tiny? No, they're about seven inch. Mm, I'm not sure because the Gremlins are small anyway. There was a Chucky one. Yeah. But they've mm-hmm. all got the, the box is like the video covers. So okay. like you yes. open up yeah, the, video, yeah. the video and they're in there. And it's just, it just, the detail is amazing. There's a chainsaw. I love chainsaws. I used to have a, you would have loved this. Um, back when I was in my parents' house, Jen, I used to have a toy chainsaw collection of like oh, no. 30 wicked chainsaws. And people just keep buying them for me because they knew I loved oh, like, horror films. Yeah. And then um, obviously I love skateboarding. He's got the skateboard because, you know, uh, Stripe does the skating bit in it and the mall bit. And, like, yeah, it's just such a good figure. I'm so happy with it. I'll, put, put, I'll send some photos that we can put up on the uh, Facebook of it. Yes, please. You guys can see. I feel that you and I both have quite the collection of interesting things. Um, yeah. We should probably start, like, 
showing them off a little bit. Yeah, we'll start posting it's, up a couple of our collectibles you know. and encourage our fans to post them up as well. Anyhow, yeah. Gremlins 2. I chose the second really? one because it is a, a very under... I think it's underrated. No one seems to like it, and I fucking love it. It's a 100% different tone to the first film. It doesn't... But it makes sense. And that's what a lot of those monster movies don't do. Mm. Like, you know, it makes sense they're all in the in the, the building. It makes sense they can't leave until nighttime because it's, it's, not, it's light outside. Uh, it... It just and it just goes ham with everything, everything you could possibly put into a mon- uh, a mini monster crittery flick. It does in there, and it's just so good. And then my other film I've chosen is the original um, Steven Spielberg's Poltergeist. Is it Steven Spielberg? Nice. Yes, Toby Hooper and Steven Spielberg. Hooper, yeah, Hooper. That was it. I was trying to remember the other yeah. guy. Um, not the remake that came out recently, um, which was okay. I'm just going to throw that. It was okay. Maybe yeah, I should have done was... that and that one. Double Poltergeist. Damn it. Doesn't matter. Um, Gremlins 2 and Poltergeist. Watch them if you want to know what we're talking about. And, yeah. Do you want to do some housekeeping, Jan? Yes, of course. So, thanks, guys. You've been listening to Terrorvision Horror Podcast with Dan and Jennifer. Our podcast is available on all streaming services, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, basically wherever good podcasts are found. Are we also available on YouTube? Mm. Please leave us a star rating. Give us a comment, give us a follow, thumbs up, any anything and all of the positive stuff. We have an Instagram. Uh, you can follow us at TerrorVisionPod. Uh, we also have an email, which is TerrorVisionPod at gmail.com. Um, so if you've got any questions or comments or want us to watch something in particular, um, then just direct them that way. And, yeah, we've also got Facebook, so please, like, hit us up on Facebook as well. Um, everyone who's on there is really cool. Everyone interacts with everything, and, yeah, a good place to be. Nice, nice. And uh, you can check out Hack the Dino. If you want to see a bit more of me, you can check out Hack the Dino, where you can catch us live over on Twitch every second Friday at 7 p.m. for casual hangs, chats about games, nerdism, and stupidity. It's basically a live video game variety show. Like Hey Hey It's Saturday, but with video games. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's basic. And no Ozzy Ostrich or Dicky Knee. I, I apologize. Oh, maybe I should get a Dicky Knee. Can you? Yes, you need to. Or some You've sort said of. It, it's happening. Or some kind of puppet. Someone who just has to sit behind the couch the whole night and then just pop up every now and then <laughs> to do yes. their lines. Everything is better with puppets. Actually, you should get a little Ashy Slashy puppet. I'd have to make my own. Ashy Slashy was good, though. But anyhow, until next week, may all your dreams be nightmares. (laughs) 